Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Today's guest on the Mike Wise Show is our first repeat offender. It's actually the third time he's been on the show because he's also appeared in the best of Mike Wise 1.0 where he once again expressed his everlasting respect for LeBron James. Our mystery man is next. But first, Darlene, do your thing. The Mike Wise Show is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Mike Wise Show is hosted by a guy who played basketball atrociously for Hawaii Pacific College, which forced him into journalism. And, oh yeah, he wrote about basketball for the New York Times, the Washington Post, and ESPN. He's also a wise-ass, and so are many of his guests. Right, Mike? Darlene, today's guest absolutely owns that label and wears it proudly. He's Jason Whitlock. Yes, he is a repeat offender on the program. Um, and, And he's also a friend of mine for many years now. Jason, welcome back. Thank you for having me, Mike. Good to be back. Yeah, I um, I I, I want to go into basketball, but um, I first I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you. You you tweeted out that you people should pray for you because you had a small fortune riding on the Steelers <laughs> and the Patriots last week. How much? How much? How much is a small fortune for Jason Whitlock? How much did you lose on that game, uh, Mike? It was a very exaggerated statement for yeah. uh, Twitter. Uh, I did not have a small fortune on it. It was a joke. I did have a bet, okay. uh, but it was it was fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah. So so for many Americans, that's a small fortune. But for Jason Whitlock, that's like per diem for today. And so, but I, no, I, I I it's the classic, and I've been there before. I bet with my heart and and almost not bet with my heart because I wanted someone to win as much as I wanted someone to lose so badly. I bet against them. And clearly that was your feeling because um, the Patriots, the the Patriots did what they always do. They have without any morality at hand, they went out and got Antonio Brown uh, and brought him to what Bill, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady's machine is in a league that operates on the premise that no player is bigger than the rest. And if the Tom Brady was traded tomorrow, New England would be upset, but they wouldn't become, I don't know, wherever he was traded to Kansas city fans. They would just be Patriots fans that were upset for a while. Whereas Shaq and Kobe get, you know, there were people who left the Lakers and became heat fans. And so, so I guess what I'm getting at is Antonio Brown in uh, diva for diva for the ages, at least for his generation, what bothered you so much about him prior to the sexual assault and rape allegations? Because that, that, that's a separate issue. Well, I just think he represents a lot of things that are not good in sports right now. Uh, he is all about his individual brand. 
and he's not, in my opinion, as concerned about being a championship caliber football player. And I think that, you know, he abused Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers and and does the exact same thing to the Oakland Raiders and John Gruden and Mike Mayock. And then he gets rewarded by going to the greatest, strongest brand in the NFL right now. He gets to play with the greatest quarterback of all time, the greatest coach of all time. He gets, you know, $9 million, uh in guarantees or in bonuses just to sign. And it's like he was proven right. There's a there's a narrative that you could say that A.B. did all the right things. I think it's a terrible message for young kids. And I think that the Patriots are the absolute one team that absolutely doesn't need Antonio Brown. But yet they went out and got him. Yeah. And, and it just, I don't know, it just annoys me. I'm not a... Antonio Brown fan. I, I think we live in this era of where this fake wokeness or whatever, and and people can't see the abuse that uh, Antonio Brown put Mike Tomlin through. Here he's playing for you know a very successful African American coach and can't conform to his discipline or his vision. But watch as soon as he gets to New England and it's uh, you know Bill Belichick, a white coach, he's gonna conform. And so I, I just wanted it. I wanted to fail. I, and keep in mind, I have a great deal of respect for Brady, Belichick, Robert Kraft, what they've built. But it just disappoints me that greed, them not, he, he's completely off brand for them. He's the ultimate me guy. And, you know, we'll see if he can conform to the Patriot way. I tend to think he will. Uh, to some degree, uh, I, he will. But. I just I want it to fail. I want it to fail badly because I don't want A B to win. Yeah. I also feel like it's and and maybe I, I'm reading too much into it, but I almost feel like this is part part and parcel to not only your love for football, but your defense of it in the wake of everybody uh, so many people trying to say it's it, it's a public health crisis and we need to stop watching and playing it. You 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 know what football can do for a young man's character and a young man's life. And, and you've seen it firsthand in your own life and others. I think you're almost bothered by the fact that here's this guy doing this to a, a system that's operated very rigorously and, and, and under the, I don't know, under the clause of discipline for so long. And yet it's almost like what every guy has done in the NBA over the years from Jimmy Butler to LeBron to they they played franchises like violins to get what they eventually want, and and I think it almost bothers you even more that it's that it's happened in the NFL because the NFL, I mean, the NBA has been has, has done that before, and uh, you know, does it does it annually with somebody? I think that he doesn't represent the values of sports in general, and doesn't represent the values of football in particular. And I think that if his behavior becomes normalized in the NFL, it's going to undermine the success of the NFL. The, you know, we, we live in this fairy tale world where people feel like there's some equality between the NBA and the NFL, and there just isn't. The NFL's rigid system of, you know, almost military-style authoritarianism, it works in football. 
you know, doesn't work in other it, it wouldn't work in the field of journalism and things like that, and I get it, but it works in football, it works in sports, and I think there's some value to it that I respect and certainly needed that as a young person coming up. And I, I just I just think A.B. is giving a finger to football. And I want fing- I want a, the football to give him a finger back. <laughs> Jason Whitlock's my guest. He, if you don't know, and you should, he's host for, uh, he's, he's host of Speak for Yourself with Marcellus Wiley. Um, he's uh, from the Kansas City Star um, to ESPN, Fox Sports, here and back, and, and a little paper in Michigan. Wait, wh- who'd you work for? In Michigan. I work for the Ann Arbor News. Ann Arbor News. He's he paid his dues. Um, I've 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 always liked the fact that he's his work has been grounded in journalism. But now that he's a uh, provocateur, opinionator, like many of us have to be nowadays, um, I feel like I don't feel like you were unfair to Cam Newton, but you had a really strong opinion this week. I mean, you basically said. Uh, you know, Aunt Jemima called. She wants her scarves back. <laughs> I mean, do you really think? Do you really think his fashion choices have anything to do with his play on the field? And you made a compelling yeah. argument why, and and I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I think that his fashion statement. And the thought he puts into trying to be this fashion icon is an indication that his focus isn't really fully on football. And I think that uh, the lack of self-awareness to think that you're going to be some fashionista while being an NFL quarterback, the ultimate leadership position in all of sports, and it's like he doesn't understand what football is about. Football, whether we like it or not, and I, I'm not promoting this, I'm just saying what it is. It's, it's an explosion of toxic masculinity. It's, you know, probably other than boxing and mixed martial arts, we have no more masculine, toxically masculine endeavor we do in sports other than football. And... Cam, to me, has the personality of a wide receiver, and he doesn't really want the responsibility of being a quarterback. And just, again, being a quarterback is a leadership position. There's less flamboyance allowed. There's less personality allowed. Uh, You're a reflection of the entire organization. You should be an extension of your head coach. And so, you know, Carolina's head coach is this former NFL linebacker, tough guy, Ron Rivera, and their quarterback is showing up pregame and postgame looking like Queen Elizabeth. It it just doesn't play over the long haul. And it's just, I'm just, there's guys in his locker room, and there's certainly guys across the NFL giggling and laughing at this stuff. Cam Newton, uh, his personality is that of a wide receiver, it's a bad fit for him at the quarterback position. He's 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 Odell Beckham uh, behind yeah. center now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, I get I get some of that. I uh, and I agree with some of it. I I also think I also think he's just been 
beat the hell out of and that that he doesn't have the body it takes to run like he used to. I, I think that he's taken a lot of abuse over the years and, you know, obviously his personality doesn't uh, lend itself. Mike, to- I, I agree with all that in terms of, and that's why football's not fun for him anymore. Cam is, again, when you're a receiver or some of these other positions, your personality requires more. There's a reason why we have diva wide receivers. Their personalities require extra attention. They want to be big on social media. They want everybody talking about them. But the quarterback position, and again, the way Cam used to play the quarterback position, he used to be able to express more of his personality. He'd do all the the running and the over-the-top first down and touchdown celebrations. He got to cater to his personality more. Now that the running has been taken away and he just has to do the monotonous work of being a pocket quarterback, he's bored as hell, he's frustrated as hell, it doesn't fit his personality, and so now he's leaning more into over-the-top, off-the-field with this fashion stuff and showing up to games looking like a clown. Again, that's his personality. He's no different than Russell Westbrook and a lot of athletes. He just happens to be playing the one position where that really just doesn't fly. Yeah, and it's weird how the NBA, uh, the NBA is sort of one of the one of the biggest filming moments now is players yeah, walking pre-game. to the lock walk pregame when they're walking to the locker room, and whether you're having fun with a guy's outfit or you're saying hey, that's stylish. It's such a – it is a different league in so many ways. It's a runway. It's a fashion runway. Yeah. Right. These guys right. will be wearing high heels before it's over, but go ahead, Mike. <laughs> and we won't feel any different about them, will we, Jason? We'll, 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 we'll criticize I'm not you. sure of that. We... <laughs> well, okay. But, uh, speaking of uh, players, diva players, do you, uh, do you give passes to the guys – the, the good players who basically let Team USA down and said, I'm going to rest my body. I'm not going to play in this FIBA World Cup tournament. Um, and I, and you guys uh, you guys go ahead and do it because uh, I'll wait for the Olympics. And I know that Jerry Colangelo, in, in, I, I think in particular, was unhappy with guys like Devin Booker and De'Aaron Fox. Like, how, who are you guys to turn us down? I mean, what, what, what's your take on that? Uh, is that is that is that? Cam Newton-ish diva diva material there, or is that just somebody protecting their body? I think that I'm giving them a pass this year just because, generally speaking, isn't there a year between the FIBA thing and the Olympics? Yes. And so I got to give them a pass. You know, it's disappointing they lost, but I'm not blaming anybody that backed out. You know, some of it, I actually think is a bit of a positive that these guys backed out because <laughs> and it, I think that a lot of guys backed out because they're taking this year of yeah. the NBA regular season and season very, very seriously. Yeah. <laughs> things, right. are, things are wide open this year, and guys want to make sure that they're fully ready for the grind of the NBA regular season this year because there's been so much upheaval that we don't know who's going to win the championship. Anything does seem a possibility. And so 
I'm not going to knock some of these guys and say, look, man, I want to be fully focused in on a regular season. I got no problem with it. Yeah, and I, I also, you know, the, the Donovan Mitchells, the Jason Tatums, I, I think they should be saluted. Like, they, they gave up part of the summer to, to basically ensure that some of these guys have their spots for the next round. And, I, you know, I have no problem with it as well. And I think you, you, the greatest point out of that is you're right. It, for the first time since I don't know when, I can't tell you that at least one of the two teams that's going to be in the finals. And I, I would take, well, obviously the Cleveland Golden State years, you could, for the last three years of it, you could almost say these two teams were going to be there. But I, I could all, I could say for the good part of since Dallas won that one year, maybe, or, or even Detroit, I could tell you the two or three teams that are going to win the championship. I, I could throw in six this year, which is just incredible. And is it makes the NBA that much more intriguing to me. I, I, you know, I, I, the fact that the Clippers are favored to win the championship. I mean, that never happened ever. Um, just based on two postseason moves, uh, getting Kawhi Leonard and, and Paul George. I don't know, like your favorite offseason move that really you said this is this. Oh, is it's easy. It's Kawhi and Paul yeah. George and what they did. Uh, you know, basically Kawhi Leonard has declared war on LeBron James. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of the greatest things that's ever happened in sports. And I don't say that as a shot at LeBron. I say it as like Kawhi Leonard is going to make competition cool again. <laughs> and, it's it's and, not going to be the fraternization. Like, hey, hey, let's pound and go out before the game. Yeah, and, and I think I'll throw Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving into that mm-hmm. mix as well. It's like, no, man, we, we want to go out and do our own thing and, and compete. I love it, and I've never been more excited for an NBA season. I think a lot of people think, you know, I just love to beat up on the NBA. Only time the NBA irritates me is when I get these ridiculous comparisons about how much better it is than the NFL. That throws me over the top. How is that not a uh, that? Well, yeah. we could go we go in for a year, but. <laughs> but but this lane that they're going down here yeah. of like, man, this is going to be fascinating right here in L.A., right in the same building, the Staples Center. You got one organization that's led by Steve Ballmer, one of the greatest businessmen in American history, and the other organizations led by Jerry Buss's daughter uh, and second generation <laughs> businesses businesses that were built by, you know, the patriarch or matriarch and then handed down to their kids, generally speaking, tend to fail. And that's what's going on with the Lakers, one of the greatest brands in sports history. And and then just the fascination of LeBron James at 35. Uh, his palace is under attack. He hasn't been able to land any free agents. Anthony Davis gets hoodwinked into joining him. Hey, you're going to get a jersey, and we're going to have Kawhi. This is going to be easy. All, you know, uh, <laughs> but now you got to kick back $4 million, and Kawhi's not coming. And the well, LeBron, we LeBron, we were claims get. Our, LeBron claims the offense is going to run. He wants it to run through Anthony Davis. Will you believe that when you see it? Or is LBJ legit in wanting to sacrifice his own numbers to help the team win? I think there's some legitimacy to it because I think it's strategic. Yeah. If this thing doesn't work, well, we ran it through AD. I'm 35 years old. I tried <laughs> to turn this thing over to the young kid superstar, and he couldn't handle it. It's, it's great 
chess. What LeBron just did there, he's out in front of the narrative if this thing doesn't work. <laughs> I, I am with you that if, it, if he realized anything last year, it's that however much he wants to be LeBron James Inc. and however, however uh, in love with himself he's going to be when Nike dedicates the new building to him, um, I, I just think down deep he knows that if he doesn't win another or at least get to another couple finals, one, the Michael comparisons all go away. Two, you know, your legacy at the end of your career is not what people thought it was going to be. And, and you were less about basketball than you were about LeBron James, Inc. And, and I think that's really dangerous. And I think he knows in some ways he's going to come back with a vengeance this season if he's healthy. Well, I think he's certainly going to try. And I think it's certainly going to work for a short time. I just don't think it's sustainable. If you, if you just understand just father time and age, but more important than that, just LeBron's personality. Le- LeBron, and again, everyone hears it as a knock. It's just a statement of fact about human beings. LeBron grew up in an amazing amount of dysfunction, a child forced to somewhat raise himself. He, he doesn't know how to carry on long-term, non-chaotic relationships. And so I'm telling wow. his intentions. his intentions going into this year are tremendous. He just won't be able to pull it off because that's not who he is. Yeah. He's going to turn passive-aggressive. He already has by making this big announcement that I'm running the offense through Anthony Davis or leaking that out through his people or whatever. Why do you got to let people know? Just do it. The reason why you're letting people know is because you're already – you have your exit strategy in terms of I'm not taking the blame for this if this goes wrong. Yeah, I, boy, that was a lot of amateur psychology. I'd love to go into it, and I agree with some of it. The bottom line is I, I, I don't, I, I don't know if that's strategic, and I know this that if he doesn't, you think LeBron's not calculated? Are you kidding? Oh yeah, me? I do. I, I think people around him are calculated. I don't. I just don't know if he's calculated about that. Maybe he realizes that uh, this is their best chance right now. But you, you, you might be right. I mean, you could be right. I, look, look at me. I'm I'm a Caucasian social justice minister, minister and idealist. You know, you are not. You are a realistic thinker that puts the facts in there. And I, you know, I it bothers me sometimes. But whatever. I, I'm going to say this. What does an analysis of LeBron's personality what does that have to do with social justice no it doesn't i just tried to get the caucasian social justice <laughs> in there. but, it, but I, i'm just how did we elect any analysis of lebron somehow and again because it's not just you but yeah. any analysis of lebron has to do with the overall african-american culture or whatever and that's a joke to me he's just an athlete that we're analyzing, like any yeah. of the, like the millions no, I, of other athletes but, but, that but came I, before it. But I also think, you know, it's easy. I, I don't think you can be either or. I like LeBron, the things he's done off the court. I think it's amazing. I think the fact that he's sending an entire, uh, entire generation of kids to college in Ak- Akron is amazing. But and and does it make me like him more on the court? No, I still criticize him for some of his basketball. Uh, I mean, just like this is what I would say. 
the NFL and the NBA are obviously different leagues in many ways. But for instance, the Raptors reaching out to the Muslim community by marketing hijabs with the Raptors logo, like that, that would never happen in the NFL. You, you want to know happen. why, Mike? Why? Because they do, people do what they need to do. You, you think so, it's because so the, so the marketing. So you're you're saying that the marketing to the NFL audience this just wouldn't sell. No, I'm saying people do what they need to do. And All so right. if you're the NBA and you're Toronto and you're struggling, other than the one year Kawhi comes and plays for you, you're struggling in terms of being a real economic force or whatever. Uh, you do what's necessary. Okay, we need to uh, bend over a little bit and reach out to the Muslim community. I'm not saying it's a bad thing that they're doing it, but if the NBA, if the NFL had the same business model as the NBA and was only worth was only generating six or seven billion dollars, they would be doing those things as well. Again. Yeah, Larry Bird chose his style of play because he didn't have Michael Jordan's athleticism. If Larry had Michael's athleticism, he would have played the game differently. If Michael had less athleticism, he might have played the game the way Magic played it. it it's, people do what they have to do, this, and particularly in business. Mm. If you think businesses are sitting out going, oh, my God. We, we we want to make sure we're everything to the community, and that's our number one priority. I, I, no, I don't joke. think that. I don't They're just trying to all. sell tickets. I don't think that at all, but I do think that. They're I trying to sell tickets, Mike. I, I think there's a double bottom line, and the double bottom line is if you're going to take in a lot at some point, um, you're going to have to, you, you need to give back and not just to stroke a check or to get a tax write off. And I, you know, look, we don't have to. I mean, arguing that the NBA is is a is a greater social uh, is more interested in society than the NFL. That's not hard. I mean, we could we could go by the facts. The bottom line is, Mike, I completely days. reject that. If you think the NBA are you kidding me? How do you reject that? Because it's a joke. Because it's not true. No, you, what? Like, just take the two commissioners, Adam Silver versus Roger Goodell. Obviously, both are trying to make money for their constituency, their owners. That's their number one goal. After that, one guy's just different than the the other guy. I'm sorry, he just is. But one, one guy, let's put it this way: one guy doesn't. Roger Goodell. Adam Silver doesn't take it, the two domestic violence uh, couple and bring them together like something a mental health professional would say you'd never do and basically bring the victim and the perpetrator in and say, all right, how can I counsel them? Like Roger Goodell tried to play counselor with Ray Rice and Janae. Janelle, that's just crazy. I mean, he's, a, he's so tone deaf. Forget about the CTE stuff, but, but he's so tone deaf in so many ways. I, you know, look, the only thing he's, the only thing he gets is, the owners don't care. They just want him to keep making money. That's why he's got his job. Has any other CEO been this bad and kept their job in this country? Forget Mike, 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 you got to come up out of that bubble, man. What bubble? Because, again, has Roger Goodell made some mistakes? Absolutely. No question about it. But to sit here and to try to argue that he's some kind of failure and he's one of the worst commissioners in the history of 
of sports is a joke. Is a joke. This guy has. You got to remember what his job is to make these guys money to make their franchise more valuable. I, I said that. You could yeah. put together an argument. He's the best they've ever had at that. The guy made a mistake make, naming himself Attorney General of the NFL, and he's and that mistake has made his job more complicated and put him in tougher spots than Adam Silver. The fact that he's the commissioner of basically 2,000 players, when you count the 10 guys on the practice squad, there's 2,000 NFL players and there's 450 NBA players. So he's you have to basically times four the the difficulty, the decisions, the mistakes that the players have. And, again, he's elected himself the attorney general of all their off-the-field behavior, which is a mistake. But trust me, you flip Adam Silver and all his alleged values, and I don't want to sound like I'm taking a dump on Adam Silver, but I'm just saying he ain't no better than Roger Goodell as a person, as a human being. Really? They flip yeah. jobs. They flip jobs, and you'd be sitting here having the same – Conversation about Adam Silver and all the dumb mistakes he's made. Adam, I got Adam Silver would probably be out of a job, but uh, yeah, I get it. You're 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 catering to do different constituencies. I can't. I, I guess I'm. You know, this is the thing with me. I can't get it in my head that Tom Brady got four games for deflating a football, and and Tyreek. Tyreek Evans is is resigned with Tyreek Hill is resigned with Kansas City, and there was no discipline, and and there's like literally a file on him in the Department of Social Affairs, basically saying exactly what he did to his kid and he and his wife, and they had it they had him removed from their custody, but that doesn't you know like Mike has Mike, the NFL Mike, decided Mike. not to police off the field? Mike, all right, and this Roger Goodell made a mistake electing himself attorney general. Yeah. The media talked him into that. If you go back and go look at the history and what everybody in the media defined his job as, oh, you got to clean up the image problem with the NFL. And that, that was going to be a big part of his legacy as told by the media. And I could name some names here, but I'm going to play nice and not name yeah. the, the crucial people in the NFL media who set him up to take Peter, on this responsibility. Peter King. Right. <laughs> so I'm not going to name names you can. Oh. And so if you just look at the criminal justice system and the reason why this is inappropriate for Roger Goodell, the attor- there's been like 85 attorney generals. There have been 45 presidents. And that's because that law and order stuff, being in charge of criminal – it's so very, very complicated and messy that the attorney general a lot of times has to step down because that job is a mess. And again, you're, you're, like, what you're saying is the NFL, the worst thing they could do is, is, is be judge and jury off the field of their people. They need to worry just about being judge and jury on the field. What I'm saying is the commissioner shouldn't yeah. be judge and jury. He should have hired a group of experts and people to be judge and jury of his players. He shouldn't. He should be presidential. Again, that's why the president has an attorney general. That shit is so messy, it can't you can't let that mess get on the president. 
And again, he got talked into this. The media set him up. Oh, Roger Goodell's going to clean up the NFL. He didn't have to do it. He doesn't listen to the media about most things. Excuse me? He doesn't listen to the media about most things. Uh, He did then, and he he still does. Or, hell, he'd still be making some different decisions. uh, now this is great. This is all great stuff because I, I, we agree on that. We agree on that. This guy should. The other thing I think we agree on is Roger Goodell is one of the great survivors. Whether you think he's uh, great or not great, he's one of the great survivors. And he, the the way he pulled Jay Z out of the hat to appease. All, every 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 African American player or person that doesn't like his league uh, that, uh, of color, I I thought that was brilliant. Whether you thought Jason, yeah, but you think he's a terrible commissioner. Well, I'm being facetious. I thought I, I thought it was like using Jay Z as a racial mascot. But uh, you know, we like you said, people do what they have to do, and clearly, he you know what, what's the old. Oh, model? you mean the way that Adam Silver use Donald Sterling to pretend like the NBA is so woke. And look, after 30 years, we're going to clean up this Donald Sterling mess. I'm the commissioner that took Donald Sterling out. Let me beat my chest. No, you mean the no, way, he I, did, I, you mean no, the way I, Adam Silver did that? I, I don't, I think they're two different things. I think Adam Silver had to do that or the players would have revolted on him. But I think that, I think that Goodell, when I look at the whole Jay-Z thing, I go, it's a sound business move. I just feel like it's, uh, I don't know. Do you really, do you really oh, feel you mean like-, like the way NBA players slap on t-shirts, equality uh, slogans to, oh, to promote this on. idea that what? Come no, on, the NBA's, I'm, I'm not saying the NBA, uh, it doesn't have its own flaws. Uh, if, if we're, if we're talking about leagues that are interested in, Having uh, coaches and players uh, express Flat themselves. T-shirts. Express. Well, do you have one coach that will talk like Popovich or Steve Kerr? Thank God. Of thank you- God. Yeah. Thank God we don't. Thank God the NFL why? doesn't. Well, why because Pop why, why? and Kerr aren't qualified, Mike. They're damn gym teachers trying to run into the history class and tell everybody what they should be doing in history. They're they're just as they're just as qualified as you and I to speak about social justice, and, and which we're not that qualified, Mike. All right. Well, but I said you still have your views, and I still have my views about it. So why wouldn't they be able to? I have no problem with those guys speak. I don't look at them as I know you don't. I don't look at them as Cornell West and and uh, Todd Boyd, but I certainly will listen to them uh, because. They, they them perform are. for them to virtue signal for them to put on. It's uh, a slogan. It's a gimmick. I don't. You think so? You don't think there's conviction? They're just trying to basically um, ingratiate themselves to their black players. Absolutely, that's the wow. number one priority. Wow, I, 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 I'd reject that. I mean, come on. I don't know. A guy can't have a conviction. A guy can't have a conviction about something. It has to be for a reason. Yeah, Mike, because li- li- trust me, Mike, as much as you love pop and Kerr for all that left wing bullshit they spew, <laughs> if one of these coaches or one of these players, black or white, came out and argued the other side, they would be crucified. 
It takes no courage to do what Pop and Kerr are doing. None. They get celebrated and applauded, and you all pretend like, oh, my God. These guys are so that. courageous. They, they, they get killed. They, they, they get killed they by their own fan base. Are you kidding me, Mike? They get killed by fan bases and the other people that oh, are more stop it. They just got killed by you. You're a pretty big voice in the media. They get killed by who's that other wag? One guy. From, uh, Clay Travis. Yeah, One guy. One right. guy. Come on, Mike. You're, you're not. But I, I, look, well, here's where we greet. If you're good, if if we're going to celebrate somebody saying the the president is a you know a white supremacist, we mm-hmm. also have to we also have to be at least tolerant, if not accepting, of athletes and coaches who come out on the other side. Kurt Schilling which might be a little do, bit rash, but which but none I, do, and and I'm glad they don't, to be honest with you, because they all need to stay out of it, not qualify. It's just virtue signaling. You, you, again, you won't see me standing out here screaming anything about politics because, first, I'm not qualified. Yeah. Jason Whitlock is my guest today, hater of Colin Kaepernick, LeBron, every social justice <laughs> minister in the media and in the sports arena. Um, hater of me, really, but it's nice of him. <laughs> I'm telling you, the one thing you guys are missing on is speak for yourself. Is um is is that like is that liberal person? Yeah, that white just, liberal to come yeah, in and tell us what down. to do and think. We're yeah, because it's completely flipped the script. You know, I, like you need the white savior on the show. Have yeah, you we not need that realized? white puppet master like everybody else has? Huh? <laughs> hey, I this is where I also I give Jason Whitlock credit. Anybody who gives him a hard time from the black community on being too hard on the black community, the guy has. Now an all-black cast on Speak for Yourself, and the ratings are pretty good. Um, so, so clearly, I've been trying to get on the show for three years. Because of my color, he will not hire me, specifically. Isn't that true, Jason? That's not true. So, yeah. I know it's not. As much heat as I took for hiring you, but go ahead. <laughs> That's right, at the undefeated. Uh, all right, quickly, because he's been so good. Uh, word association, few people. Um, let's, let's go uh, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving, word, word association, what? I don't know. I, I like the movie he just made, uh, teaming up with Durant and going to Brooklyn. That works. Can't wait to see it. That works. Um, let's see. Uh, Kevin Durant. Love it. Yeah. I like what he had to say last week. Uh, and, damn, I can't, rem- I can't even remember what he said last week. I just remember I, I kind of liked it. He was – pretty transparent about his motivations for wanting to get out of Golden State. Never felt like he'd be one of those guys. Uh, And so I kind of like where Kevin Durant is, and, you know, I hope he has a great recovery and can't wait to see him next season. Mike Lupica. (laughs) I don't even think about Mike Lupica, man. I have no thoughts. Mm. Is he still around? Is he still working? (laughs) No, I'm not even joking. No, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I last man, I heard I the, Daily News, uh, the Daily News got rid of his contract, and uh, he's probably writing books for kids still. I have no yeah. idea. But he was a legend in the business at one time, right? At I one mean, time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what, what do they say? Be nice to the people on your way up. You'll see the same ones on the way back down. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Um, 
Oh gosh, who am I thinking? I'm thinking of. Uh, I already know what you think of Popovich and and Kerr. Uh, Boogie Cousins. Feel bad for him, man. Lost a lot of money. What about the video? What about the audio tape of him telling his girl he's going to put a bullet in her head? Oh, yeah, not good. <laughs> uh, not good. I've forgotten about that. Uh, yeah, but no, I. But I, I'm, I'm sure Adam Silver is going to get to the bottom of it and run him out of the league. He's going to save him <laughs> or save the NBA. I'm sure he'll hop right on that. Do you understand there's there's no expectation for Adam Silver to do a damn thing about Boogie Cousins because Adam Silver hasn't elected himself the attorney general of the NBA. Smart. But, uh, but you, there's got to be some kind of investigation. Uh, you can't has have Adam to... Silver announced one? I don't know. I haven't seen There you yet. go. There's no expectations for him to do so. So he's not judged on that. And that's why you think he's the greatest commissioner in the history of commissioners, and he's not. I think I'm not. I'm not calling him terrible. I don't want to sound yeah. like I'm beating up on him, but he's no different than Roger Goodell. Uh, see that we could go on. He's got better decorations. We could go on and on about that one. I mean, the idea that just there are two lawyers in in different uh, Manhattan sky rises is, is I, I don't know. I, I I can't I can't ingest that one. But uh, <laughs> um, uh, lastly. Um, CTE. What about it? I mean, is it here's here's my take. I think I think it's an invention, Mike. You think CTE is it, an invention? You think they have found it in people that have, have not played contact sports. Uh I think that it's you're Mostly. not blown away by the suicide rates? Excuse the me? The, the people that commit suicide often have it. My, I think you can find a study that says everything. They can conduct a study that says cigarette smoking cures cancer if they want to. They, I, they I can, mean, <laughs> they think, can, think about what you're saying here. You're saying that the top neurologists in this world, some of which gotten together, some a couple of which work for the NFL. My, here's what I'm saying. I want to be clear on this before yeah. people lose their mind. Yeah. I think CTE is a smokescreen because what they don't want uh, people looking into what drugs are these athletes taking to play football and other contact sports. And what impact is that having on their brain? Let's blame the athletes for running into each other too hard. Let's don't blame the pharmaceutical industry for pumping these guys full of drugs. It's a smokescreen. It's a convenient, it's you guys' fault. I mean, this is not a media thing. You think people just, like, see, see, this is where if I'm the pharmaceutical industry. I think they could both be true. I think you both I'm saying if I'm the pharmaceutical industry, I want people blaming the athletes for running into each other. Even sure. though they've been running into each other for 100 years, and before someone came up with CTE, we, we weren't sitting around going, oh, my God, all these football players, none of them can remember today is Tuesday. 
But, so, well, I, I mean, there's also a suit, NFL suit. That, I get it. That's about painkillers and drugs given them, drugs you, given to them over the years. You know, the lawsuit. there's a lawsuit that alleges the NFL gave painkillers recklessly. I, it's like sort of like the thing where you that I don't think there's an either or when it comes to, for instance. I think most of it. What do we spend all of our time talking about? CTE or the drugs ingested in these sports? I think more CTE because it's 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 become. Who do you think is comfortable with that? Well, of course, the pharmaceutical industry. They don't want to pay. Yeah. They don't want to pay billions of dollars like they are for the opioid crisis. But let me say, I don't think it's an either or. I, it's like you. It's like you. You said, may be right. It's like you. You saying might about be football. right. You. Hit- but my issue is my. I've played football up until age 22, 23. All of my friends basically played football. There's not a crisis of CTE amongst my friends. For 50 years before this, we looked at all these former pro football players, and uh, we weren't sitting around going, oh, God, they can't remember what Tuesday is. But now we've made that the thing to do. If anybody has any health crisis uh, post their football career, blame CTE. Many many people could say that your take on LeBron – Adam Silver and CTE and other things is related to you having some kind of brain trauma. And it's probably true. And I, and it's probably related to all the marijuana I smoked in college more than, you know, the few hits I took in football. Yeah. I, I, I think it's like, you. this is just my, my own personal opinion. You're, I understand that there's a, a legion of people out there, some of which is media that just wants to see football die and just wants all these other sports. And, and, and I'm not one of those, I, but I'm, but I, and I'm one of those people that I played football my senior year in high school. It's like, I went out on a dare. So because of these Samoans and Hawaiians dared me to, and it was like a rite of passage. They respected me more than any basketball I played just in that one year playing receiver and getting pounded. But I also believe there is new evidence in medicine and, and science that tells you it ain't good for you. But and it's not just, you know, it's like it's a car right. accident. There's a lot of it. things that aren't good for us. A lot. You know, milk's no good for you. Oh, skim. There's a lot of, no, I'm just telling you, it's factual. Mm. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of risk in this world and in society if you're going to make it. And I'm not saying there's no risk to football. I'm not saying that uh, football can't be related to CTE. What I'm saying is it's worth the risk. When you're sitting in a 400-square-foot apartment, you and your dad in the ghetto your senior year, like I was, you think I wouldn't play football every day of the week knowing it was the only reason I was going to get on a college campus? and change my life and the course of my family's life, hell yeah. There's a lot of risky things we do. People go down in coal mines to take care of their family. I got no problem with guys making $30 million, $20 million, $5 million a year playing football. It's worth the risk. I can tell people right now that um, this show was taped on a Sunday, 
so that Jason Whitlock could sit in front of his television and watch more sanctioned violence <laughs> amongst football players. But now, hey, you know. No, that's factual. And we, I know, we no, look, got 30 I love minutes that. before kickoff. I love that. And you damn straight. You're right. And you know what? Adam, uh, uh, Andrew Luck obviously felt a different way. But that's, Great! But that's him. And that's awesome. You know why it's awesome? Because football was so damn good to Andrew Luck and his daddy that Andrew Luck has the option to walk away at 28, 29 years old. That's how good football is. You know how great basketball is? You will never – the NBA is so great that you will never have a player who can play at an elite level retire before he's 30 if he, if he, unless he's cut. That's what's great right. about it. You want a cookie? oh man all right well have a good sunday this is going to air on a monday you you always been good to me and i appreciate the banner man you're all thoughtful and real and what can i say thank you mr whitlock thank you mike all right let's go time to stick the landing i'll do my best darlene thanks to our guest jason whitlock a man with gonads made of titanium Thanks also to producer and content guru, Bruce Bernstein. Bruce is also Monica McNutt's sidekick on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks from Pure Hoops Media, which drops every Thursday. Ben Wolfen edits all of our Pure Hoops shows. Speaking of, our other shows are the Pure Hoops podcast with BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman with new shows each Friday. Catch and Shoot comes your way each Wednesday, and I'm here every Monday with fascinating guests and brilliant takes or something, whatever. On the Mike Wise Show. Please download, subscribe, rate, and review all of our shows. Leave us feedback and we'll aim to please. Until next week on the Mike Wise Show, see ya! The Mike Wise Show used to be called The Wise Ass Show, but it remains a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.